0: Welcome back, listeners, to the sixth episode of the Benicia Historical Museum Quarantine Camelcast. Once again, your hosts are Elizabeth Duarte, the Executive Director of the Museum, and myself, Dean Putong, a rising senior at Yale University and an intern here this summer. Well, speaking of the summer, it's coming to an end, and I'll be heading back to New Haven for school pretty soon. So for my last couple of episodes on the podcast that I'm so grateful to be a part of, I want to shift our attention to something every kid in California grows up loving and learning about, And maybe the one thing in fourth grade that we all remember, the gold rush.
1: Yes, Dean, I love this topic as well. We can't have a podcast about Benicia and the Golden State without having an episode on the gold rush that started it all.
0: That's right. Looking back, I think we can safely say that all we talked about, like the Civil War and Manifest Destiny, even the love story of Reznov and Concepcion, we can relate it all back to the migration of people to California.
1: And more specifically, the migration of people looking
0: for wealth and new
1: opportunities. Like gold.
0: Of course, the discovery of gold in the middle of the 19th century is what made California what it is today. But I think we should start by mentioning someone who arrived here in Benicia a little bit before that. And his name was Captain Edward H. von Pfister. He was raised near Boston and became a coastal trader and captained his own ship. And by April 1847, he traveled to California on the Brooklyn. To seek out opportunities for trade in the West.
1: And this, of course, is right before the United States takes California from Mexico in 1848.
0: Yes, the Americans found their way to California long before the United States owned it. In Rezanov and Concepcion's time, over half a century earlier, American operations existed all over the Pacific coast. Anyway, on Von Pfister's second trip to California in August, he brought with him goods in hopes of opening a store in San Jose.
1: And it's here that our very own Robert Semple convinces von Pfister to open a store in Benicia instead. In fact, Semple brought von Pfister in his own whaleboat from Yerba Buena, which is what San Francisco was called at the time, and brought him up the bay and through the strait and into Benicia.
0: Why was von Pfister convinced to set up shop in Benicia exactly? I don't remember it being all that special in 1847. <laughs>
1: Well, no, it wasn't large, but the Karkina Strait was a natural deep water body of water, and von Pfister needed the capacity to harbor ships for his trading enterprise. And because Benicia was perfect for this, he opened up a general merchandise and hardware store, which also offered sleeping quarters to visitors to this
0: then small town. And this is where the story of Benicia and the gold rush ignites, and this I don't remember learning about specifically, so I found it really fascinating. I'm going to read everyone a quote describing it. And I quote, Early in May 1848, while a number of persons were assembled, sitting on the cracker barrels at Von Pfister's store, talking over the prospects of the future state, a gentleman present said that coal prospects had been found near Mount Diablo. A stranger who had been a quiet listener to the conversation said, Gentlemen, I have something here which will beat a coal mine and make this the richest country in the world. Now, I never knew that Benicia was where the discovery of gold was first announced. How much of this is actually local rumor or known accounts?
1: Well, of course, it's impossible to know for sure the precise details of what happened, especially on the frontier that California, especially Benicia, was at the time. But there are many sources that support the claim that the secret of gold was first proclaimed by a man at Fister's store, with those nuggets burning a hole in his (laughs) pockets.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I'm surprised I never knew that. Or maybe I did, and just never clicked for me. Anyhow, this proclamation, I suppose, would have made the people of Benicia some of the first prospectors then, is that right?
1: Oh yes, it would. And von Pfister's store sold all kinds of mining tools and food supplies to the eager 49ers, like flour and rice, bacon, dried fruit, coffee, tea, beans. In fact, we actually have the Von Pfister ledger here at the museum, so you can see exactly what people ordered. And there was such an initial rush of excitement for gold that Von Pfister himself left Benicia to join everyone else in the gold fields, where he himself set up another store.
0: Yeah, when I did research on the gold rush, that was something I found really incredible. People came to California in droves, but so paradoxically, Californian towns were emptied as everyone went out to find gold. Robert Semple said in 1849 that in no more than three days, there will probably be not more than two men here. All have gone to the gold mines.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. The aptly named Mother Lode region that most gold seekers traveled to were more towards the Sierra Nevada than the Bay. The region extended from Sacramento to the west, Mariposa in the south, and up to lower Oregon in the north.
0: And it's to this region that people from all over the world traveled Many people took the California Trail, which stretched about 3,000 miles from towns on the Missouri River all the way to the California goldfields, and often people suffered diseases like cholera, and there were a large number of bandits, and many of the displaced native peoples that were witnessing countless foreigners moving through their land.
1: It wasn't just overland from the east, however. The, The California Gold Rush is famous for just how many people from so many different countries from all over the world came here. And in many ways, you might say that this is the beginning of what we now characterize as California's diversity.
0: Yeah, that's an important point I don't think many people know the details about. Other than the California Trail, popular routes often included beginning in New York or even Liverpool in England, and then finding a ship to sail either around the tip of South America to San Francisco, or sailing to Panama where they would travel to a port on the Pacific, because there was no canal yet, and then to San Francisco. These trips could take from four months to even a year, depending on the ship, weather, and where you began your journey. But by by far the shortest and the cheapest route was that, was that from Canton, China, through the Pacific and into San Francisco. This only took about a month and resulted in thousands of Chinese immigrants in California.
1: So do you know much about how this immigration impacted Venetia in particular?
0: Yeah, at the beginning of the influx of immigrants, most were from Oregon, Hawaii, then called the Sandwich Islands, and Latin America. Benicia served these people as a port for prospectors changing vessels or transferring over land to get to the goldfields. Sample would stay in California during this period to make use of his ferry business between Benicia and Martinez. He actually charged 50 cents to a dollar per passenger, and that also included their horse, over the strait. And at the height of the gold rush, he made $50 a day, or $1,652 today. So, wow. Benicia itself was transforming from a residential town to a city that thousands of people moved through.
1: So what could people find when they came to Benicia at that time?
0: Like most boom towns during the gold rush, Benicia was most likely a tent city. There would be a stark contrast to the wealth of cities in the Northeast. Instead, you would find a few hotels on the first street and various places to lodge. Benicia would actually develop a reputation for its saloons and houses of ill repute. (laughs) Now, when I say that, it's a weird feeling to imagine Benicia, the Benicia I grew up in, as a Wild West town of who knows what type of characters. Anyway, Benicia's reputation at the time attracted women from all over the world who came to earn a relatively high wage. And a lot of these women became wealthy and went on to support the local infrastructure of the town.
1: And I think we may have mentioned this in another episode, but how many people ended up coming to California during the gold rush?
0: Modern estimates put the number around 300,000 people, which is astounding when you realize that this is about double the amount of people that were already living in California, and of this amount, about half arrived by sea, mainly through San Francisco, while the other half came over land. This, by all accounts, transformed California entirely. The agriculture and ranching that our state is known for today was expanded by those who came to California for the land and to meet the demands of the endless number of settlers and gold miners.
1: And, of course, the gold rush was important to the admittance of California as a state in the Union, not just because of its rapidly increasing population, but, of course, the wealth that the gold brought in certainly helped the federal government immensely.
0: Yep. Like we said before, Californian gold would be vital in the Civil War, and that's one of the reasons why we see the creation of the Benicia Arsenal, to oversee this new prize, so to speak.
1: You know, even today, I feel that the gold rush has a huge impact on how people view California.
0: Yeah, I agree. California has this sort of gravity when it comes to attracting immigrants that seems entirely unique. Whether that be farmers, industrialists, artists, tech inventors, California has always been the place of booms and the beginnings of what are some of the most lucrative businesses. And that's something I've always been proud of being from California, despite what other people may feel about us. It can't be argued that it's a state of new beginnings where you can find success no matter where you come from and the California dream that everyone in the back of their mind so desperately want. So I'm really happy I learned of its origins right here at home. And I think this is a great place to end today's episode. Thank you to Elizabeth for exploring this topic with me.
1: Thank you, Dean. And honestly, this has been um, a real pleasure for me as well.
0: Tune in next week for a discussion on techniques during the gold rush and technology, you can check the museum website archives online at www.benishahistoricalmuseum.org for podcasts, images, and narratives. And be sure to visit the museum at 2060 Camel Road when it reopens. If you wish, donate online and be sure to like us on Facebook. Remember, the history of California is written in the story of Benicia.